Okay, welcome to Campfire Chronicles, episode number 36. I'm Robbie. And I'm Brian. I'm Andrew. And I'm maybe Thomas. Oh my goodness, we have Thomas today. Okay, so today <laughs> we're going to um, kind of debrief on the Lost Coast from Thomas's perspective. Specifically, I want him to address... <laughs> I want him to... People like legit thought that we were... We had like broken up as a band at the end of the episode <laughs> we had a falling out or something uh so yeah. thomas from your perspective how did the lost coast go i uh, in hindsight rose like everything's guy. true everything they say <laughs> everything's true there's a reason i haven't been on these podcasts for the last 10 episodes no uh from my perspective you know in hindsight it was an amazing trip you guys were great everything I, was, was great amazing i think uh you know, two things are kind of happening that you couldn't really see on camera. Uh, well, one you definitely could see. Um, actually, both you could see. <laughs> uh, one of those things was... I, I don't was, know which either of them are. <laughs> I, I was going to say, one of those was I was super paranoid about ticks with Sierra. So I was like in borderline survival mode. Like, don't you dare get a tick on you, Sierra, because, you know, I don't want you to get Lyme <laughs> disease. I don't want to have to carry you out through, you know, the next 20 miles here. So... I'm like, I was hypersensitive to that and just super cautious. So that put me on an edge a little bit. And then, um, I, you know, I don't know if you guys get the, like this or not, but I get into such a, uh, not a high, but such a, such a rhythm when we go hiking and <laughs> it's, it's like, you're taking that away from me in that one scene. It's like, no, I got to keep hiking. I got to keep going. You can't make me stop. Don't make me stop. We're so close to the edge. It's, it's like, it's like, I'm getting to the top of a mountain, man. And you're telling me I get, we got to turn around because we don't feel like going further. I'm like, that's no. why, that's why Thomas, that's why Thomas gets along with his dog so well. Cause he's just like a dog. You got to take him outside and let him run around. <laughs> we'll like, we'll like go set up camp. We're like, all right, Thomas run in circles until you wear yourself out. <laughs> <laughs> to and be so, fair to Thomas, I think if, I was gonna say on that one part where, like, if it hadn't been for the impassable zone, like, we definitely could have kept going and probably would. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, and, and and you know, I I didn't really take account how much we had already hiked that day. I was just like, okay, you know, we've got an hour, we've got a mile, you know, we or we've got like two hours, we got one one and a half miles. We can totally do this. This is gonna be great. We're gonna get like get right out of there just as like the. You know how the Millennium Falcon shoots out of that asteroid and the worm <laughs> bumps on it. That's how I was feeling. And then you're like, I want some water. I want some food. I'm like, we're so close. Water. We're food. so close. <laughs> I think um, we also had a fair bit of hanger just because like by the second to third day, we were running pretty low on food. Like. Not too many snacks. And at the beginning Some of the trip, like, running low on food. <laughs> well, I brought these two big bags of trail mix. And then Brian was like, oh, you won't need that much. And I think I did. But also, for some reason, we, like, we collectively didn't think to take the third bear canister that we had or something. I think we had the space Which... for it. I, I packed my bear canister for myself. I think we were just trying to save on space. Yeah. Okay. Well, here here is a question that I still need answered: Is if Sierra had been eating all of her food, would she actually have eaten all the food that you packed for her? That's how much she usually eats every day. Yeah. She eats. How how much does she eat every day? Like uh, one of those she, Ziploc bags or two? 
uh, two of those Ziploc bags every day. Mm, okay, each, okay. Yeah, she's each one of those Ziploc dog. bags was a scoop and a half, and she she will go through a scoop and a half and treats and ask for more. Hmm. And I was thinking, well, you know, she's burning a lot of calories. She's carrying all this extra weight. You, you know, know, she's gonna, she's definitely gonna be hungry here. What that tells me is that dogs are just like humans, in that like they are probably just boredom eating when they're in <laughs> 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 like, like seriously, though, I think that might be it. Because so, yeah, I mean, I've noticed when I go hiking, I don't eat as much necessarily. Yeah, yeah, same. I mean, okay. you're occupied with a, a lot of other things too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Although to be fair, <laughs> well, no, you know what? You're actually 100 percent true because the minute we had f- five or six hours just to sit on that <laughs> campsite, we were just like, "Where's the food? We need food." <laughs> that is, yeah, it is very true. It is, but true. you know, I and I don't want to speak for Andrew because, yeah, I I can't. But Robbie, leaving leading up to this trip, I was not shy about eating a lot of food. Everywhere we'd go, it'd be oh, right, me right. eating more food, going to Disney, going to our post-hike meals, going everywhere, going in uh, in Los Angeles. Man, I just was like, I was just chomping on everything. So I, I had to like do some forced, uh, I'll say, force myself to go fasting for a little bit on this trip just to get myself a little bit more um, balanced on my calories. So... When you guys saw the episode, did everything square with your memory of it for the most part? Or was there anything that, like Brian and Thomas specifically, because Andrew, he obviously saw it while we were editing. But, um, Yeah, I mean, everything, everything that I watched was still fresh in my mind. And I don't think really anything kind of caught me by surprise. You too, Thomas? Um, first off, props to you guys for editing all that. I think that I honestly think that that was one of the best episodes ever filmed. I mean, it was just beautiful, ever edited, and the music was great. So shout out to all all, all of you guys. Um, from my perspective, uh, I think I had to go on my own just with Sierra so much that I was laughing at some of the back and oh. forth you would have. Yeah, you probably didn't see a lot of it when it actually happened. Yeah, oh, no, and yeah. like like all those Star Wars references with you know, <laughs> oh, Ryan yeah. being a, a you know a Tuscan radar and oh. a radar radar, <laughs> and then there was something that Andrew said that just made me burst out laughing. I can't remember what it was, but it was so funny. Uh, I was like, man, if I, if I had been there in person, I would, I would have just the lit Star up Wars day. reference. It might have been a Star Wars uh, reference, but I don't know. I was just like, "Oh, the Luxor droids, that one." Uh, the shell. Yeah, maybe no, it was that. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was the nut. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> Wait, yeah, exactly that. The nut that you found on the ground, like the wash. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. was actually a shell. It was like a perfectly. Oh, it was a shell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but I, it... I, I don't know what it was, but that just made me burst out laughing on my sofa. <laughs> I thought the secret ending with Brian doing the Yoda stick was very hilarious. <laughs> I, I, it was a little hard to see, but the stick was had a little knob on it, so it looked like a tiny walking stick. So that's why I started doing that. <laughs> it's funny how good Brian is at impressions. Like it's just like, the, like even the sand person thing, he was able to do flawlessly somehow. <laughs> the, the rest of us. <laughs> It was great. Yeah, Brian is uh, extremely good at that type of thing. <clears throat> I, 
I think the one thing that didn't get through, which is not a bad thing, is is how it could sometimes feel like a real trudge on the sand. I think it was an episode, episode but there was the part where I was singing the Tatooine music. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we were referring to is like when C-3PO and R2-D2 first land on uh, Tatooine and they're just like trudging. Yeah. That's what it felt like. By that Even last day. But, it, yeah. By that last day, I was definitely really like on my last legs trudging through that sand. I mean, we were we were trying to get that last shot and I was just, I just sat on the ground and waited to get set up the camera. <laughs> but that, that's like Andrew said, that's the, the kind of stuff you really, it's hard to show in the episode because, you know, on the final day, it kind of messes up the, the flow of the scenes. So you really yeah. can't show that. And be- I, I feel like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say, I feel like the sand sometimes is, is more mentally taxing than physically taxing because it's every step you take, it feels like you're sliding back a little bit. But it's not mm-hmm. like it's a huge. I mean, it is a bit of a physical dream, but it's not like you're hiking up a steep hill. But it's just mentally, you're like, ugh. I'm I'm gonna be annoying here for a second, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you loved it. You little sicko. My mom watched the episode, and she was like, "I can't imagine walking on those sands, and then the boulders, like so much hiking on the boulders." Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, I really didn't notice it. The worst part about it was just getting all the sand in my shoes. <laughs> that was the worst part. Everything else was just, you know, it was. I wonder it, if your fun. hiking poles. I mean, your hiking poles probably did make oh. a difference. I wonder how much of a difference they made because I, I they must have because I was, can, yeah, I was flying, dude. Yeah, those hiking poles because they kind of help you propel yourself forward, so to speak. So yeah, you're just kind of like uh, cross country skiing on the sand. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you could actually bring skis in cross country. Oh, There's man. probably too much friction. I don't know. Well, you it... might be able to, but it probably would ruin the skis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is that definitely. trail open in the winter? There, yeah, I don't think there really is a winter. Is there? Oh, right. It's oh. California. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing you didn't see, and this is something that, you know, I feel comfortable talking about in the show here, was, you know, this is not an easy trail for dogs. And I was going back and forth for like the month beforehand. Do I bring Sierra? Do I not bring Sierra? Um, a lot of websites say only bring experienced hiking dogs. Um, you know, and I would feel comfortable saying Sierra definitely has experience hiking. She's up here in Denver with hundred you know, percent, we'll like, especially we'll after doing the lost coast, like she's fide. Yeah, I think so. But you know, going up there, you know, we'd maybe done six, seven miles. Um, in a day and everything up a, up a mountain. She's fine with that. But uh, what I was concerned about were, were the pads on her feet because everywhere I kept reading, they said they're sharp rocks and they're just going to, you know, they're going to ruin her, you know, ruin dogs paws. So mm-hmm. I bought her these booties, you know, those were hilarious and, looking. <laughs> I've gotten so many compliments, especially from some of yeah, our the booties, our, our female viewers who who love our. I don't know why I said female viewers. Um, <laughs> I know why. <laughs> who said that they love Sierra in the booties? Um, but anyway, uh, what I found was those actually cause more harm on her paws because what would happen is oh, yeah, she would look. get sand in them. And the sand couldn't leave, and so it caused this friction right up against her pads. Yeah, yeah. And so they need like dog socks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need like dog liners or something in there to to keep a keep that sand out, or like get the booties to go up to her knee or something, so that the sand doesn't go in there. But 
Um, yeah, she was definitely having some discomfort on that, and there was a little bit of bleeding. But uh, once I kind of figured out the problem, you know, I just kind of dressed it up a little bit, took the booties off, and she seemed fine. She she wasn't limping or anything during the whole trip. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, she was, of... I mean, like, you were understandably concerned the whole time, but she was, like, so fine and happy. Oh. Like, and she's tired. Been... I think she's been pissed ever since we came back because she's like, all right, why aren't we doing more of these trips? Yeah, yeah. She knows what she's missing out on. How, how soon did she start eating as soon as you... <laughs> she's back to boredom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think well, she, she wasn't the... eating much on the actual uh, road trip either, right? No, she really wasn't. We had to go get that special... This is kind of boring, but we had to get some like fancy food for her, but she would chomp on that pretty well. Um I think once we got back to the hotel, you know, she realized, oh, this is I'm, we're going back to our regular life. I'm going to eat. I'm hungry. And I, I also was spoiling her with chicken nuggets from McDonald's the whole trip, too. Um, <laughs> Man, I want some back. chicken nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I not surprised that Thomas was eating chicken nuggets on the way back? <laughs> oh, I was spoiling her with chicken nuggets. <laughs> one for um, you, one for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to address one more thing, and I know I'm talking a lot here. Um, no, go ahead. Robbie, You're never on this show. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Robbie, I did not like mean to avoid you at the end. I got in my car. <laughs> that was so... This is what happened. This is what happened. Oh, I got man. in my car because I was getting tired. I mean, I, I wanted to go on the road. I had like eight more hours of driving to do that. Or it was like six more hours of driving to do that night um, because I was trying to get to Nevada. And... I got in my car because I could have sworn I saw you rummaging around in the rental car and I was going to drive up next to you and say goodbye because I saw the guys on the other side. I'm like, okay, you know, you're all like in the same area. Yeah, a little dispersed throughout. So I drive up, I see Andrew, Brian, say goodbye to them. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Robbie isn't in the car. He's not there. And I'm like, well, I can't just like park this car here. Someone already nabbed my spot. I'm like, okay, well. I, d I don't go. blame you one one iota we had been together for like two and a half weeks at that point like if you had done it on purpose i still wouldn't have blamed you <laughs> robbie's like i would have done the same thing <laughs> um you so did miss out on a good brownie that's the whole though. reason why robbie was yeah. wasting time in the in the shop <laughs> no i was actually thomas i was at the bathroom that's why it took so oh, long man. there is a line in the bathroom <laughs> oh man uh, Thomas has had time to work out his alibi. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you oh, know, I'm going to be on Campfire Chronicles. I better come up with this story real quick. <laughs> I got to say, this is something you, you, no one saw on camera because it was just me and the dog. But I drove, so I drove from the Lost Coast uh, to Nevada. But to do that, I had to kind of cut through uh, a road just north of Lake Tahoe. We've been to Lake Tahoe in one of our side videos, but, um, Man, that is such a pretty drive, and the smell that you get in the Sierras, it's so unique. It's just like this lumbery, piney smell, and you're just driving through, and it's it was such a... I felt like Jesse at the end of Breaking Bad when he was in his car, just booking it out. Of... Uh, when Are you talking about when you left the Lost Coast? Yeah, when I left the car, oh, left oh. the Lost Coast with Sierra, and I was just like, I was finally on the road by myself on the way back home after like three weeks of um being stuck in a room with robbie yeah well the other thing you're not going to see in the videos is that 
me and Thomas were we were in a hotel for like three or four days during the week. So like five days. Was it five days? I think it was five days, Friday through Wednesday. Yeah, because we got back or when we got to California, we were just in L.A. for five days. And that's not really going to be in the video. <laughs> I was too demoralized to film anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was not worth filming. Yeah, it wasn't really. I would have had to go out and do stuff and I didn't have any energy. Uh, what was I going to say about the Lost Coast? Crap. Oh, yeah. Um, Kind of related to that, actually, is that. One thing that's really hard to get across in the videos is that feeling of long stretches of time, you know, because you mm. can't just show a show us sitting there for like for an hour. Yeah, but a big part of these trips lots of times is the downtimes when we're just sitting and doing nothing or trudging along hiking. Yeah, but that's something I haven't really figured out how to capture on video sometimes we get it just like by accident think, yeah yeah but uh that is one thing that i feel like the lost coast episode was kind of missing was that feel of how long a lot of stuff took you know well i think like at the campsite <laughs> there's some stuff that like when you just see us sitting around or like the time lapse of us laying around it, it helps mm, convey that. yeah yeah that's true I wonder, we should try just having a shot of us lying around that's like a little uncomfortably long to try and get that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad uh, idea. Did you guys, I, and I don't know if you filmed a, if you recorded a previous podcast, but you talk about why we did Lost Coast. Oh yeah. We probably talked about that in the last one, right? That sounds familiar. So, but we can give a quick shout out just in case. To... Yeah. Why don't you give the really cliff notes version? Well, no, I just want to give a shout out to Catherine Wu. It is Catherine Wu, right? I don't know her last name. All right, well, I'm it's just going to give a shout out to Catherine. Um, Catherine, you know, helped us. You know, she showed us and talked, told us about a um, a permit that I think she was originally going to use, and then said, "Well, we're not going to use it anymore. So, you know, why don't you, you know, we'll we'll finagle something, and you know, we'll try and work work to get it so that you're able to have it." And it took some, uh, <laughs> it took a lot of work. This was probably the most logistically challenging trip. Just not not just physically, but even trying to get these permits and trying to get Robbie to join us. Uh, Cause the permit oh, yeah, yeah. for just three people. Yeah. Oh, and also just a quick note. If you're ever trying to give somebody a permit on recreation.gov, as soon as you cancel the permit, it'll show up on the website. I feel like we talked about that last week or last month. Yeah. I, I, I feel know. like I remember you saying that. Yeah. But that's, that's how we got it from Catherine. She canceled it like some ungodly hour of the morning and Thomas was up and nabbed the permits as soon as she canceled it. Yeah, it was like uh, 5 a.m. Um, uh, Pacific time. Yeah. But. Amazing, amazing hike. And I'm really glad we got to capture it. Because, like, yeah. I don't know that we would have known about it otherwise or, or looked into it this soon. That's Another so thing that that wasn't really didn't really come across in the video just because it wouldn't have been very interesting to watch. But the amount of time and energy that was drained from us to just prepare like we had to drive to the end right and drop off the car and then drive back to the beginning and that alone was just so draining being stuck in that car um yeah the, the i don't know how we could have gotten that across without taking up like 20 minutes of the video yeah, but yeah it was four hours to drive to the lost coast then two hour and then like a half an hour no no sorry then two hours to get to the starting point so it was like six hours of driving just for that and then 
once we were done, it was a whole ordeal. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a very logistically challenging, very uh, rewarding, though. Yeah, yeah. Defi- definitely worth it. I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, but um, it was funny to come into the situation where you and Thomas had been road tripping because <laughs> during our 2018 road trip, it was the opposite where before you guys flew out to LA, it was me and Thomas who had hung out for like two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. yeah. We were sick of each other too. <laughs> oh, so so now it's my turn, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Come on out to Colorado, Thomas, Brian. Thomas, you and I go to Iceland first. Okay. And then... <laughs> You're paying. Uh, oh, wait, have we... Brian, you haven't talked about oh, yeah, your Iceland trip. Yeah, let's talk about I'm sorry, oh, yeah, Iceland, nah. Iceland. Iceland. <laughs> Iceland, yeah. Um, well, let me do yeah. we want to finish our current topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have nothing left to say about Lost Coast. <laughs> uh, the only thing I would say is if you want to talk about the narrative philosophy, but we can do that another time. We oh, no, we should talk about that now. But a uh, quick aside, Tim Lawson, uh, they actually do have a shuttle. Due to reading their website incorrectly, we thought it was like $375 per person. But it turns out that that number was for like three people or four people. So anyway, we thought oh. the per person price was their like group price. So we thought it was way too expensive. In, in our defense, that was the worst web. That was the most difficult website to understand what they were trying to say. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, narrative philosophy of the episode? Yeah, I think you should talk about it, Andrew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, I just focused on this episode. Like, usually I, you know, do the same general themes of like, oh, we got to focus on community or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <Society>. <laughs> Phone it in. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but this time around, I, I, I wanted to talk a bit about like how a big trip like this can be kind of like a catalyst for focusing on yourself and looking inward and like, you know, sometimes you go through difficulties in life, but I think the most important thing to keep in mind is to have something consistent about yourself that you can hang on to. So for example, like if you really enjoy being the person that you are, then whatever you face in life, if, if you face difficulties, it'll be a little easier to bear. Um, I don't know. I, I can go into more detail, but I feel well, like that's just such a important thing to. I'm curious just how you thought of that. Like, what made you think of that? Like, was there something uh, you were thinking about specifically in your own life that made you come up with that? There have been, I mean, there have been moments recently where I've just thought of it here and there. Um, but it's just been something I've thought about in a while. But I feel like focusing on like my own skills and having like an outlet, uh, like Kung Fu or other creative outlets. Um, helps you bear the brunt of like other things going on in life and like it gives you something that you can attach to in life or some sort of like stable thing you can fixate on regardless of what happens but i don't know if any of you like have had similar experiences but or if that even makes sense (laughs) oh it it definitely makes sense yeah and 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 andrew i'm I'm with you on that what i'm finding maybe this is i don't know if you guys agree but the older i get i'm realizing the more I turn into like a cruise ship where it's just, it's harder for my emotions or the state that I'm in to like make a complete 180 from where they are. You know, I think back when I was maybe in a, like a teenager, early twenties, you know, I could be down and I could go on a trip like this and come back and just be feel totally rejuvenated, like, like a different person. And I think after that trip, it course corrected me, but it's been taking weeks for me to feel better, but that it wouldn't have happened without this trip. 
Is that do you feel the same way on that, Andrew? I've definitely in the past viewed big nature trips as like important places where I can think about life and reflect on life and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think now because I feel like a lot of that happens when you're in your 20s and you're really trying to discover who you are as a person. But the more you discover it, the more those sorts of trips become just like ways to remind you like what kind of person you want to be and, you know, think about what goals you have in life, stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know. Some of the some of the stuff that spurred this one was just listening to this recorded Bruce Lee conversation where he's like talking with somebody and he says something and, and the friend he's talking to is like, oh, that means you've matured. And Bruce Lee goes, no, I'm maturing. And if you ever mature, that means that, you know, you're, you've already reached some sort of stagnant state and that you might as well be dead. But all, in life, you always want to constantly be maturing. But I think that fixation on, like, developing yourself as a person is super important in life. Like, so that no matter what situation you get into life, you at least enjoy existing as your own individual self and that you have that sort of, like, stability to hang on to. Yeah. If that makes any sense to anyone. You're right. <laughs> no. But, yeah. I, I mean, a good example is, like, if you are a youngling and you go through a breakup or something, or <laughs> a young... And somebody a young... orders 69s you, or <laughs> a young Padawan. <laughs> and your, your, your master <laughs> abandons you. Yeah, yeah. But master, there are too many of them. Well, isn't that what, like, that's just like a tendency that people do all the time anyway. It's like if they go through a breakup, it's like, oh, well, time to hit the gym. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess maybe my point is that's, it's a good sign to not only do that, but to rethink how you live your life outside of those crisis moments and, and to rely less on, like, external validation. Mm. Instead, like, find your own worth, I guess. But, uh, I don't know. I guess... Okay, I understand that, but I guess I'm missing how you correlated that with the trip. Uh, I kind of like just forced it to be correlated. <laughs> okay. Well, but I, I mean, I will say, um, I, I will say, I think like big trips like that, you know, a lot of times we do smaller trips in the woods or within driving distance, but sometimes a trip to an amazing place like that, it, it's kind of like when New Year's rolls around and you have resolutions, something that big that can feel maybe life-changing is too strong a word, but really different from everyday life, mm. I think can be a good catalyst for rethinking your life and, and uh, like, like getting Thoreau going out into the woods and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my usual, <laughs> <laughs> your usual thing. Yeah, yeah. I think what they call it in storytelling is the inciting incident, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing that sparks a whole journey of your own. Right, right. Catalyst. And hopefully it's a trip to the Lost Coast and not the Empire burning down Aunt Bruce. Cool. Okay, I so got, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, Thomas, go ahead. Well, I got I got one more thing, and this is this is an Easter egg for anyone uh, who watched the shout outs at the end of the video. Uh, first off, wanna say Brian had the best shout out. I know there was a lot of work put into everyone's shout outs, but I think Brian had the best one where he pretended to be Robin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is very, very <laughs> accurate. 
Um, I actually edited it too, so it's like very, (laughs) very authentic. (laughs) I just I uploaded the clips and I was like, Robbie, can you edit this? You'll understand why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in my shout out, uh, I actually filmed that in Rocky Mountain National Park um, near Lake Hayaha. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. Hayaha. Anyway, um, it's it's a weird thing that's going on right now. There is a phenomenon going in with going with this going on with this water where it's turned this turquoise bluish green. Um, It's never done this before as far as anyone at the park can tell. And it's 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 attracting a lot of people to come and see this phenomenon. So if you watch the shout out again. Look at the water. Look how blue it is. It's not I always like that. I was wondering if that was just your phone messing no. with the colors. No, that's that's really what's going on there. Um, and it's not going to be there for forever. I think the idea is that there was a rock slide that occurred a couple of days ago. And it, it it lifted up all this these minerals and debris. And it's got like geologists all excited because nothing like this has ever happened there before. But all the all the water looks like blue milk. Cool. So that's Speaking, my we're making blue milk. Is blue milk lots of Star Wars references. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just finished the Disneyland video. Uh, me and Thomas went to Disneyland during that road trip, and that will be out on Wednesday for anybody who would like to watch it. How many? How many more are there? Um, uh, Disneyland and Mount Baldy. That's it. There's a driving getting... one too, but I'm going to put that on the vlog channel. Oh, we're not going to put the uh, the the lake on there. I I guess we could. Okay. We'll see if it's any good. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, I actually really want to hear about uh, Brian your Iceland trip. Iceland, is it Iceland <laughs> or Iceland? I need somebody to tell me. Okay, Iceland. All right. Iceland. Well, I mean, I think in Icelandic it's probably pronounced differently. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Iceland was okay. First of all, it was amazing, and Islandy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's really your really hard pressed to find an area that isn't doesn't have beautiful scenery um and so this trip was instigated by a friend who i was basically had kind of cabin fever after the pandemic um and wanted to go on a trip and asked me basically at the right moment where i was feeling the same way and also, I know that we had all discussed Iceland for a long time. And so I was just basically thinking to myself, yeah, you know what? This will be perfect time to go there, take a, you know, a vacation for myself and not not necessarily one that gets filmed constantly. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, it's different when you're when you're filming the every everything that you do. And also at the same time, just scout it, scout it out and uh you know, get some get some intel on when we take our trip there. Um, and honestly, it did help a lot in terms of uh, in terms of that. Um, so when we plan our trip to Iceland, there's a lot of things I can tell you about and, and on how to prepare and plan for the trip. Um, but besides that, the the trip itself was amazing. Uh, we ended up um, planning our trip through this travel agency type deal that, in, that that's in Iceland. So they, we pick 
tours and and stuff that we want to do and then they handle uh getting the reservations uh planning out hotels and get a car rental for us so a lot of that stuff was taken off our plate we didn't have to worry about that um and it was awesome uh we did several well one one of the, the first thing we did there when we got there was a lava tube uh, lava tube or i guess you can call it a lava cave tour um which is basically as it says it's a very long tube that's formed by flows of lava and i won't get into the details of it but, but they go uh, they talk about it during the tour um i did i snorkeled uh, for the first time ever in a location called silfra which is in the uh, Thingvellir National Park. And what it is is basically Iceland is on two tectonic plates, the North American and the European tectonic plate. And so that the, the tectonic plates move apart two centimeters every year. So I was snorkeling in this rift that was created by the tectonic plates separating. Wow. And um, since all the water just comes from glaciers, uh, through you know volcanic rock, it's filtered and it's really clear, uh, so you can just see straight to the bottom. It's really awesome. Um, that experience snorkeling for the first time with a, a dry suit and and all that stuff was very. It was a very interesting experience. Brian, um, Brian, could you talk, walk me through the difference between a dry suit and a wetsuit? I feel like uh, you get a dry suit wet. And wait, you actually got a dry suit? Extra yeah. Wet? What? <laughs> Like, what's the difference between a dry suit and a wetsuit? Is the dry okay. suit wet and then the wetsuit extra wet? <laughs> <laughs> well, so the dry suit, I, I don't know exactly what a wetsuit is because I didn't use one, but the dry suit, basically, you put on, the first thing you do is, uh, I'm, I lost the stream, by the way. It's still up. Oh, okay. Um, oh, now it's back up. So first things first is you put on like this almost flight suit insulating layer like a very thick, very warm um, set of overalls, which is necessary because you're diving in a basically glacier water. Um, but then over that, you put on a very loose uh, waterproof suit, which is the dry suit. Mm. And um, it goes like all the way around your legs. So there's no opening, you know, your boots go into it, the dry suit. And then uh, they kind of tape up your your wrists so that water can't get in. And they put this uh, Velcro kind of collar around your neck so that water can't really get in there. And basically, uh, what happens is when you get in the water, the air that's caught in the dry suit just makes you float. So oh. you can't actually sink. You're you're basically kind of floating on your belly, and you know you got your snorkel poking out of the water and you're just looking down the whole time. Wow. Um, so yeah, a wetsuit, I believe, is you can get wet. It just keeps you warm enough so that you don't die. Right. So it's not waterproof like a dry suit is. Right. The wetsuit just gets wet, but, and it's like, I think it's uh, skin tight or at least tight. I think um, it's just what surfers wear, like when in Point Break, when Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze <laughs> are yeah. bromancing. I, I, I got a very personal question for you on this, Brian. Uh huh. Did you, did you fart in your dry suit? <laughs> No, I did not. Oh, okay. Well, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to send you back to Iceland and then make sure you eat, eat a lot of uh, Icelandic beans because I'm curious what happens. Do you just like just what happens if I'm not curious? I, I I don't need to know. 
Uh, Brian, did, did they drive on the right side of the road there or left side? Yeah, driving, the driving's normal there. Okay, and then what about the um, language barrier? So everyone speaks English, uh, <laughs> um, but most of the signs are in Icelandic. So, uh, I mean, we relied on Google Maps to navigate. Um, and sometimes there is some people's accents are heavier and a little harder to understand. But for the most part, there really was no issue in terms of language mm. barrier. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, actually, one thing about the driving in Iceland is that most of the roads are gravel roads or just off offshoots of the main road are basically gravel roads. Hmm. And there's like maybe two or three actual main roads that go outside of the city. Um, so, so people often talk about if they go to Iceland, they talk about driving the entire loop around Iceland. That's because there's most of the main road is just this loop around Iceland. Um, so when you're going from one place to another, you can expect to probably just have like a two hour drive uh, between areas. But the thing is, I was I did a lot of driving there and it was really enjoyable because the main difference from driving there and driving in America is that it's always almost always a two lane road, just, you know, one direction and then the other direction. And the sights are beautiful and you just set the car on cruise control at the speed limit and you just you just go mm. and there's always things to look at. And people, since it's always a two lane road, people are not shy to just go past you. So you don't have to worry about that. You're going too slow. People will just mm. go past you. That's and great. It's, right. it's like, it's weird. Cause typically you just think about having to drive three or four hours and you'd be like, Oh God, this is going to suck. But did you see three, a lot of the, motorcyclists? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, it's, there's a lot of rain and, it's kind of windy, so I think oh. that motorcycling would be fairly uncomfortable for all, most of the time. For everybody yeah. but Sam Porter Bridges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, yeah. Iceland is literally Death Stranding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was actually modeled after Iceland. I would sure. not be surprised. And um, Prometheus was filmed there. It's a very yeah. alien looking. Kojima definitely went on an Iceland vacation and then was like, I'm making Death Stranding. <laughs> and then later he went to the Lost Coast and was like, I have to incorporate this into Death Stranding somehow. <laughs> <laughs> were there were there black sand beaches there too? Yes, there there are black sand beaches there. Actually, um, thought, yeah. much more picturesque than than Lost Coast. Not that Lost Coast wasn't, but I guess when when you when I mean picturesque, <laughs> it means it's more tourist friendly. Mm. So very fine grain sand, uh, very accessible. Mm. How about ticks? Our... Any ticks? <laughs> uh, probably... I did not see any ticks. That might be the one place where we're safe. Yeah, yeah. Miss and I, I, I asked someone there. I was like, "So, if I go camping here, you know, what's the biggest predator I have to worry about?" And he was like, "Um, the snow fox." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, great. <laughs> I'll do it." But so you saw one, didn't you? Yeah. So on one of the tours. It was a tour that where you get lowered on this basically a window washing type dealy into a magma into a dormant volcano magma chamber. Um, but you have to hike out to this base camp where the where it is. And I guess at some point they had rescued this um, uh, baby Arctic fox. Um, so that Arctic fox hung out around the the base camp 
Um, and that's that's where I filmed it. That's cool. So um, did you investigate the backpacking options for when we inevitably go there? So one person, one of the guides I talked to was an avid backpacker. And one of the places he mentioned and wrote down for me is called Foss Ardler, I think. That's what <laughs> um, I haven't looked too much into it, but basically from what he told me, it's it's on the eastern side of Iceland and you can hike this path that's fairly long I think and you may take a couple nights but you hike to like a guest cottage or something like that so you you hike you backpack and you camp along the way and then at the end of it is a, a cottage that you can stay at and then you can hike back out um so I thought that sounded pretty cool to do uh, because it would give us an opportunity to also kind of drive there along the way and, and road trip road trip to that area. Cool. Yeah. We uh if we or when we go, I feel like we have to do at least three episodes or something like that. Yeah. Like we gotta really get our money's worth for yeah. how much trouble it'll be to get there. <laughs> it, well, I Iceland, it's like there's so much I feel like to show. I it, it used to be that the cheapest part about going to Iceland was going to Iceland. I don't know if that's still true or not, though. Everybody in the chat was saying that. They were saying, like, the plane tickets are super cheap, and then Sanwar was like, yes, here's a small French fries for $10. expensive in Iceland. Yeah. Uh, filling up on gas, probably $100 a fill-up <gasps> It was crazy. I'm not, I'm not surprised. On one hand, you know, they're still part of Europe, yeah. and on the other hand, they've got to lug all that gas. I don't think they're doing... Mm. Maybe they are yeah. doing stuff on the island, but... But the nice one nice thing that we can we would be able to save money on is uh, I was told that there's a lot of uh, oh, yeah, uh, camping yeah. areas along the roads and stuff, kind of like those, uh, kind of like that one we stayed at in um, on the road trip. Koa, where it was where it was really sand, or really windy. Those yeah, kind of places. Koa, and yeah, yeah, and most of them are free. Apparently, like you just drive up and you just set up camp. So we could drive we could road trip and camp along the way to save money there but there is one guest cottage that i messaged you guys a lot about but it was an exceptional experience and we have to stay there and do a hotel that food oh my god man it was was great we could do and this this british grandma just greets you like like you're (laughs) like like you're she's like you're her own grandchild and she's it was just great man Uh, oh (laughs) We have to do one hotel archives, one road trip episode, and then one actual like backpacking episode. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that'd be a good way to divide it up. I like I think, it. I think yeah. that's a good idea. Uh, so quick aside, just, well, I mean, uh, I guess, yeah. Anything more to say on Iceland, Brian? Oh, I mean, I did other stuff too. Um, like I'd snowmobile, I did rode a snowmobile. I drove a snowmobile, I guess I could say. Uh, hiked on the glacier. Um, and a few other things I saw. There's a lot of beautiful waterfalls, but yeah, not really too much more to add there. <laughs> cool. So, uh, trip of a lifetime, you would say, or, uh, yeah, uh-huh. I would say definitely a, a place that you should definitely go. This is going to be a a fairly big year for big trips, especially for you because you've been to Iceland, but Andrew actually revealed uh, the second location we're going to 
coming up and not the first one, but the second one is much bigger. Mm-hmm. Was there a reason that you did that? <laughs> I, oh, I, don't I don't mind. Know. I just thought it was really funny. Well, I feel like every time we keep it secret, people guess it like immediately anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, we're going somewhere out West and like you maybe show like one little thing. Like, oh, it's Glacier. I got, I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 We're going to Glacier. And I, yeah, I also don't think it, I don't think that spoiler affects the viewing yeah. experience that much. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next one we're going to yeah. um, is Cumberland Gap National Historical Park, mm-hmm. which is a very long name. But we've got two guests, one you've seen before and one you haven't. You've heard him. Yeah, you've heard him. You've not seen him. Well, you might you've have seen him. him if you've watched Robbie's vlog. Yeah. Yes. What, which is ironic because I was watching through our Deep South road trip episode. And when we have that cookout at the end, he's not there either. <laughs> oh, he, was really? in, he was like in London or something at the time, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Because I was uh, like, has he been in an episode? But no. But wait. There's more. Uh, there was an episode <laughs> where we went and got pizza. Oh. And oh. he was there, right? That was uh, um, the... Right Wait, before COVID, it was Land Between the Lakes. Land Between the Lakes, right. Yeah. yeah he yeah, actually yeah. probably had COVID <laughs> because he had just gotten over a really bad flu. Oh. And that was right when COVID was going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Didn't I, wasn't I like getting over a sickness just then? Uh, I don't know. I don't you know. just had was. gone on the trip, so I don't know if you'd be so, sick. I don't remember. So I, I don't know if you want to share this, but can I... Uh, do we want to talk about how I met uh, I met this person for the first time? Yeah, it's my cousin Danny, but yeah, go oh, ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, so, this is, yeah, this is a good one. <laughs> so I was in high school, I think, and we this was actually the first weekend I ever went camping. Um, Danny was in town. So for those of you who don't know, Danny is actually Robbie's cousin. And Brian and Andrew are Robbie's cousins as well. So... Uh, Robbie, uh, Dan, sorry, Danny comes into Columbus, Ohio, uh, because we're all going to make this big trip down to Hocking Hills and we meet up at like a church fish fry or something like that. And I played, I played, uh, Xbox with the guy probably for several months at this point, never actually seen him in person, never seen what he looks like. <laughs> and so he and I are texting back and forth. Like, yeah, I'm at the church. Where are you? He's like, yeah, I'm at the church too. I'm, I'm in line for the fish and I'm going up and down, up and down. I swear to God, I cannot find anybody that looked like Robbie. I was expecting, full disclosure, an Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> Brian and Andrew are Robbie's cousin. And and uh, I was thinking, well, Danny's probably Asian too. And so I'm looking up and down. I'm texting like, I can't see you. He said, we're in line. I don't know what to say. And so then, like, after about six, seven minutes going back and forth, we both look at each other just kind of on our phones texting. And we're like, wait. We both had this realization. You're not Asian. For some reason, he thought I was Asian. For some reason, I thought he was Asian. So, Thomas, you are completely justified in thinking that he might be Asian. Does right, that right, make right. sense? Like, you don't know if cousin. it was on my mom or dad's side, right? Yeah. Um, but Danny, that's just racist. <laughs> Andrew, there's a there's a Seinfeld episode like this too. Remember when uh, when Elaine is dating the guy and they think he's black? Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. thinks she's, she's like, like Hispanic, Latina, or or Latina. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, "What? You mean we're just a couple white people? <laughs> like, yeah, a couple people, white people dating each other?" And they're like, "All right, let's let's go. <laughs> like, Want to go to the Gap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man, that is uh, funny. That is really funny. Oh, and then uh, after that, we went to Hawking Hills, and that's where me and Thomas camped inside of a junior <laughs> tent for some reason, which didn't have a rain fly for some reason. Oh, still, man. And it started, like, the night was clear at first, and then it started pouring rain at some point in the middle of the night. It was a beautiful night, too. <laughs> yeah. This we were watching be... stars. Yeah. In this our... has to be the most frequently told story between you and I, Andrew, on this yeah. channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so sorry if you've heard the story before, but basically we were in this, me and Thomas were in this junior tent, and it starts junior raining tent. really heavily. <laughs> and I don't know why there was no rain fly. Like, I, some people have said that we just didn't put it up, but I remember there not being one at all, so um but it starts raining and then we're lying there and there's like a centimeter of rain water accumulating <laughs> in the tent <laughs> i think the and, funniest <laughs> thing to me still is that you guys were like trying to just well yeah because me and thomas it were out like, or something we're like you know we've seen less stroud he you know he's camped under a lean-to shelter with pine burrow boughs and stuff so we're like we can rough this or you know we can tough it out and then like five minutes later we're like okay never mind <laughs> so we go into the car that we all drove in on which was like i think it was a big suburban it's yeah it was suburban <laughs> and we're in the back seat kind of like cold and huddling together and like there was a bag of stale tortilla chips that we were eating <laughs> and then <laughs> and then like the night got really Desperate. cold and I, I think robbie came in next right yeah i didn't have any sleeping bags yeah robbie like didn't have any proper sleeping bags so he comes in gets in the middle seats and then pulls up the rug from the floor to use as a blanket. And me and Tom are like, oh, that was there this whole time. We didn't. Even <laughs> and then I think like by the end of it, everyone except Brian had gone into the car. And I when stole we woke... everything that Robbie left in the tent. I stole to keep myself warm. <laughs> so no. the next morning when we got out of the car, we see Brian with like 50 coats on and just like this tiny <laughs> opening around his face <laughs> like, just huddled in this tent alone <laughs> oh man carl carl and danny they were in the like circus tent with literal yeah um flight suits flight suit yeah literal like navy flight suits <laughs> <laughs> where did they get those from uh their parents were both in the navy band mm -hmm. uh, their his mom is a singer and his dad plays flute saxophone and <laughs> other stuff you know it's that i think that goes to show like back when i was inexperienced i just assumed like any sort of army or military surplus gear was the highest tier gear but in actuality it's like probably some of the worst yeah i heard some like memes or something that were saying that like military grade is a joke because military equipment is well, often super cheap and mass yeah. yeah 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 but you know you you just at the time you think oh it must be the best stuff, but no. It's heavy and not as effective as actual camping gear these days. Well, our um, call is going to end in 10 minutes, according to Google Meet. Um, <clears throat> I know I said that I was going to use the <laughs> other account to make it longer than an hour, but I didn't want to bother setting it up. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> I lied. <laughs> so first off, we have some uh, comments in the chat that say they miss AA radio. And DJ Tan Pants. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, selfishly, if I think if I could find a way to to capitalize on AA Radio, I might do it more. It it was fun at first during the pandemic, but then after a while, and once things got back to normal, I'm like, man, I want to. I don't want to sit 
on my computer <laughs> for like another four hours after I spent nine hours on the computer. Yeah, that makes sense. Every day. But, you know, if if we ever get like a, a huge following or something you like that. You know what we I'm should thinking. do? We should do quarterly like uh, public streams. It's like well, yeah, four times should. a year and do stupid streams. <clears throat> yeah, we, we do stuff like that. that. I'd be down. That'd be really fun. So, Thomas, you won't be in town by any miracle this coming weekend, will you? Oh, gosh, no. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go this weekend. I'm thinking about doing my first 14er out here. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you want to come out here instead? No. Do a 14er? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, actually, that was one topic that I wanted to uh, talk about, but maybe we could save it for next time. But how do you feel about Denver after being there for a couple months? It's grown on me. I, I think when I first came here, I had these expectations. I'd be doing all this mountain hiking and, you know, getting really outdoorsy and making all these friends and starting this awesome new life. And in reality, it's just been me going to Home Depot, trying to fix things around my condo, <laughs> um, which is fun and fine. But it hasn't really been until the last like m two months or so that I feel like I've started to go out in the mountains more. And just as... I'm doing that. I'm realizing, oh, we're actually coming up on the end of summer and uh, they're going to open the ski ski lifts and um, the ski resorts here in about two months. We're going to get some snow here. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Can't believe it. coming from Texas. It's just like you get maybe like a, a week or two of winter and then it's done. But no, I mean, you, coming up on that half the year where it's going to be winter in the mountains now. Hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, I guess I'm assuming oh. you can't really hike them in the winter. Like. Uh, you Unless can you have some it. hardcore gear. Well, I was just about to say, you know, we've got two trips planned. Well, the third one. Yeah. Well, I was going to say that maybe the next one we should plan is Denver, but I forgot we already talked about some other stuff. You did? Or me and Thomas talked about some other stuff. I don't know if he. Did you mention that to everybody? No. What did I mention? I don't even remember. Remember, remember you were talking about going on, you know, so, you know, you're going to be back in town and we were going to go do some stuff. And Oh. <laughs> Uh, you were talking about, uh, oh yeah, I, I don't know the viability of that. Um, I haven't really looked at it. Things came up, then things disappeared. And now that's back on the table. Is this the, um, the going to the East? Yeah. That's yeah. the one I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. I don't have a problem not talking about it. Well, yeah, we could do that. We can do a Denver trip or maybe, uh, or all of them. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, well, it, we should do Denver when he's not back in Columbus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he comes back to Columbus and then we're like, okay, time to like, go to Denver. The, uh... <laughs> Sorry, Thomas, we ran out of budget. We couldn't fly you out. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. No, I, got a, I, I got a good hiking trip planned for us if we all want to come to Denver. Actually, there's just unlimited amounts. Yeah. Um, I want to do one with a horse, with horses. Well, I'm actually going to be there in October, so you and I should at least do a video. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Mm, let's look into some horses. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, let's see what happens come November in uh, uh, on the east side. That would be uh, early November that we'd be looking at. Right? Very early. I think we'd be running out. Of, we'd be it's, we'd be really yeah. close to winter time. I'll just say that. <laughs> cool. the east coast. Okay, so yeah, before we close it out, uh, any video game updates? I've got a video game update. <laughs> sure, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was asking for permission. <laughs> um, I just got an OLED switch because there's like so many switch exclusives right now. 
and I want to play them, and the Switch is just such a such a piece of shit console <laughs> <laughs> that I was like, I need something to make this a little more these graphics a little more palatable. And that OLED screen, man, so beautiful. In fact, I would get a Steam Deck right now. I would plunk down for a reservation if any one of those had an OLED screen. Like the fact that they don't have an OLED screen is a total deal killer for me. Man, I still remember um, lusting over the Switch on our Daniel Boone trip. Oh, yeah. And when it first came out, I couldn't play enough on there. I was like, I want to play everything on here. And now <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's so true, man. That is the human condition. Like, yep. The luster goes away so, so mm-hmm. quickly. Well, Rob, you want to wrap this up? Uh, sure. You don't have any video game <laughs> updates? <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm nothing for me. I'm just looking at the time. So here. I was like, I got to go. <laughs> right. He just leaves with us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rob. You were, you, I thought you were in your car. You are in your bathroom. I just left. <laughs> Thomas, that, that's like the new Thomas Exeter. What, what's like the actual term? Uh, oh, I don't know the... if it's politically sensitive, but it was the Irish goodbye. Yeah, Irish goodbye. Right. Yeah, what is that? What does that come from? I have no idea. I don't know. Well, it's the Thomas goodbye. Like Thirty seconds left before it boots me off. Oh, is it? Is it about to boot us? Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Brian, any Brian, any video game updates? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks everyone for listening to our Campfire Chronicles episode. <laughs> all right. See you later. And we'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <Playing ending. laughs>